Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about where he's taking us. But uh, real quick, we got a bunch of stuff going on. Make sure that you stay up to date on what's happening, right? If you would engage in the life of the church, you actually, I'm telling you, we really believe that we can help you win. I can tell that uh, God's been talking to me a lot lately about uh, being delivered from the fear of repetition. Because you know, I, like, uh, you know, I don't like to repeat stuff. You know, sometimes when you do a weekend, you preach the same message three times, or, or then you add a, add a camp meeting or something, a men's retreat or something in front of that. And, and uh, you know, one weekend, by the time I got here, I was working on, on message number eight. And, and, uh, uh, and, and I've said it so many times, but, but I, think, I think the whole world has heard it. And God's going, man, they haven't heard it. They haven't heard it. They haven't heard it. They haven't heard it. You've got to say it again. Uh, uh, we believe we can help you win. And, and, and you, you know what it is? It's the people around you. Oh, oh man, that was, that was just like dropped like a lead balloon right there. It's, the people around me irritate me. No, no, I'm telling you, you, you you've been praying. You, you've been praying that God would send you something and he sent you somebody. And inside those people around you are the answers to your prayer. There's miracles in their hand. And there's miracles in your hand that are going to be released to those people. And if you start, if you would engage in the life of the church, you realize if you engaged in the life of the church, we wouldn't have to tell you what's going on. Oh, that was one of those pastoral moments or something. It's just like, I'm going to have to start over again. Okay, so get, get involved, get connected, make sure you know what's going on, uh, because there's great stuff. Starting tonight at 6 o'clock, we, we, we've rearranged our schedule, we're bringing our staff and leaders meeting to Sunday nights at 6, and it's open to everybody. And, and uh, some, of the, some of the best leadership training, this will help you at work, this will help you at home, this will help you, you know, in church life, you'll, you'll get to understand exactly where we are and where we're headed and what we're doing, and, and it'll help you keep up to date, and it's open. So I would really encourage you to start showing up at 6 o'clock Sunday nights. And uh, spend an hour, hour and a half, four hours, whatever it takes, uh, you know, because, well, if we break out into revival, you know, we're just going to do it. But anyways, I just want to really encourage you. And also coming up, how many of you have uh, heard of Mario Murillo? Okay, several of the people who are over 40. Uh, this is a great opportunity for everyone to, to go. Mario Murillo, I don't know. I bet the salvation's number in the millions people that this man, through his crusade preaching, has, has brought to Christ. And uh, he's going to be right here in town, and, and there's some cards out at the info center. Uh, they're also looking for uh, uh, people to help with ushering and altar workers and all kinds of stuff. If you want to get involved, uh, let them know at the info center, and we'll get a hold of you and get you connected with the right people. Uh, but uh, he's going to be in town. It's going to be an amazing time. Just mark your calendar and go to that. It's coming up. Uh, but let's just do life together. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're sitting by me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> How many of you lied? <laughs> Just, I see that hand. Okay. Uh, hey, you, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that we really want to do is we want to get to the place that God's taken us. Right? And a lot of times, we're, you know, the way our mind works, we're thinking, well, if that's where God wants me, then, that's, then he'll get me there. That's his job. No, our job is to follow his leading and to be led by the Spirit to the place that he's called us to be, right? He's taken you, he's taken you to a better place. 
And God always uses his word. Remember what David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, it's a light to my path. It's always his word. And so you, you, you got to keep getting in the word. You got to keep, uh, you know, you got to keep pressing in. And, and, you know, for some of us, you know, that, it's kind of hard to get started there. You know, it's kind of hard to engage in that because, you know, you read the Bible, you don't get a lot out of it, and you, and you don't really understand it. And I, and I want to encourage you today and challenge you, keep pressing in. Just, just take a couple of verses uh, that, that we're going to talk about today and, and just keep weaving them into the fabric of your being. It's amazing because pretty soon what will happen is that word will start talking back to you. It, it, it'll literally, you know, and your mind will just click and, and it'll just boom. And, and all of a sudden it starts breathing life to you. You know, words turn into thoughts, and thoughts, you know, create our emotion, and our emotion are making our choices. You, you know, think about this for just a second, that if you meditate the Word of God, it opens the door for the entrance place for you to begin to think the thoughts of God. If you, if you meditate God's Word, it offers Him the opportunity to begin to share His thoughts with you. That you can begin to think the thoughts that God is thinking. Is that awesome? That you, little old you, that you could be thinking the same thought that God's thinking. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, we know this verse. It says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. God's got great plans. Uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the New King James, it says, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking towards you. God has thoughts about you. I, I imagine for some people that kind of makes them a little nervous. Oh, shoot. God's been thinking about me. <laughs> and we know what you've been up to. Let's just pray right now. Jesus. The thoughts God's thinking towards you probably differ from the thoughts you think about you. See, because when God's thinking about you, he ain't thinking about the mistakes you've made. When God's thinking about you, he's not thinking about, about the error, about the shortcoming, about the failure, about, uh, 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 about you know, the betrayal. God's not thinking about what you're thinking about. God's thinking about, see, because his thoughts contain an image. And, and I'm telling you that if you get into the word of God and meditate the word of God, you begin to think the thoughts of God. And the thoughts of God will reveal the image that's contained in those thoughts. And according to the word of God, God's thought is to shape you into the image of his dear son. God's taking you on a journey, and he's, he's, he's radically, oh my gosh, he's, he's going to change everything about you. Well, you know, this is who I am, and this is the way God made me. No, this is the way your thoughts have shaped you, okay? This is the way your thinking has shaped you. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. See, when you get born again, your spirit's revived. It comes alive, but your mind, it doesn't understand what just happened. See, it, it, a man isn't the way his spirit is. A man is the, as he thinketh, right? And Which is why God said, you know, hey, Romans 12, 2, and it's in God's Word translation, I like it, where it says, don't be like the people of this world, okay? And if the Bible says don't do something, you better not get caught doing it. Come on, let's not be like the people of this world. And, and a lot of us, immediately, our mind shifts, and we start seeing an image of what that means, right? Well, well don't be like the people of this world. You know, don't, don't do this and don't do that. No, wait a minute. You, you, have to, you have to meditate this until you see the same picture that God sees when he's saying what he's saying, right? 
Because we, we want to know what God's talking about. And he, and he said, instead, change the way you think. So he's not talking about what they're doing. He's talking about how they're thinking. Don't be like the people of this world. Don't, don't go down the, the trail that their thoughts are taking them down. Man, it's the way that you think. It's the process. It's, it's the See, the way. Your thoughts are taking you down, down a way, down a pathway, down a road. Your thought is taking you to a place. Your thoughts, your life right now is the manifestation of the thoughts that you've had. And if we would start thinking like, God, let me tell you something. There's a lot of stuff in life that we would immediately stop putting up with. In actuality, there are certain things that should actually offend your thought life. When a, when a, when a thought uh, of depression comes, it should offend you. When lack is trying to get into your life, it should offend you. Lack is the enemy's attempt to steal the prosperity that God sent to put in your hand. When sickness, man, I'm going to tell you what, sickness, when sickness comes to my house, I, I get irritated. Because sickness is the enemy's attempt to steal the health that Jesus purchased for me by taking those stripes on his body. I refuse to allow the enemy to take from me what God put within my hand. I'm walking in health. Hello, somebody. I'm walking in health. Well, well do, do, you, do you have allergies? No. Well, my allergies kick up this time of year. Those are yours. So you've taken ownership of that. Well, my this, my that. Are you kidding me? See, you have to change the way you think. You're, you're thinking down the same path the world thinks. See, you're thinking like somebody who hasn't met God. Mic drop. <laughs> See, we got to stop thinking like people who haven't met God. We got to start thinking like God thinks. No weapon formed against me can prosper. All oh, this kind of stuff always happens to me. I hope you're talking about blessing because that's what always happens to me. Hope you're talking about supernatural debt reduction because that's what happens in my life every single day. Hope you're not talking about something negative because that would be something the world would do and you were told do not be like the people of this world. But change the way you think. And that ain't going to happen while you sleep. I, I wish we could have a prayer line today. I'd force you to come. I'd lock the doors until everybody was oily. I'd smear all kinds of stuff on you. I'd do whatever it took. But the reality is, is that you have to embrace the change, right? And, 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 and what, we, what we've been talking about, and, and, and again, I've been delivered from the fear of repetition, so hang on, Betty. Okay, so what, what we talked about last week was the, the one miracle out of 37 miracles that are recorded in, in the Bible for us, uh, in the Gospels that Jesus performed. There's 37 miracles. He did more than that, but uh, uh, there's 37 recorded, but only one of them is recorded in all four of the Gospels, which means that there's probably some importance and purpose to that one that we ought to look at. And when you read all four Gospels and you and the, read that same uh, story and, and you, get a, you get a larger overview and what we find out is that what, what Jesus was teaching was how to release supernatural abundance. 
okay? How to, how to release supernatural abundance. And, and, and you got to stop yourself right here and ask the bigger question is what is it that you know that's preventing you from knowing what you need to know that could take you where you need to go? What do you know that is preventing you from knowing what you need to know that could take you where you need to go? Because every one of us have a thought that, that pops into our head when we, when you just hear the word supernatural abundance and, and oh, we're in one of them prosperity churches. Let me just tell you something. that You cannot fulfill the purpose for which God's created you without abundance operating in your life. I said you cannot fulfill the purpose of God that you were created for without abundance operating in your life. Let me tell you why lack and, and, and poverty, why everything in you kind of rebels against it, because it's not part of your natural habitat. You were not created to live in that. Why? Because God wants to use you to bless others. And it's kind of hard to bless others when you ain't blessed. You, you, the ability to convey, convey, that's like a real estate term, ain't it? Right? And in order to convey a title, what must you do? You must own the house. Right? So you cannot convey something that is not within your legal right. So if you don't own abundance, you can't share it. So the enemy would love for you to stay, you know, going from paycheck to paycheck that you just barely getting by. He'd love for you to stay there and to accept it. And then, and you say, well, bless God, I'm a child of God. Yes, you are a child of God. Good morning, child of God. Look at somebody and say, good morning, child of God. Y'all look the other way. Say, good morning, child of God. I'm happy that you're a child of God. I'm happy that you have experienced salvation. I'm happy. Man, man, I'm telling you, the greatest miracle that ever took place is in the transformation of a heart of any man, woman, boy, or girl. That's, my dad used to say that all the time. And, and it's amazing that God has rescued us, picked us up out the miry clay, set us upon a rock, put a new song in our heart, even praise in our God. It's amazing. Okay, but Jesus said, I'm the door. And there is an entire life of abundance that's beyond the door. See, in a lot of us, we've moved into just inside the door. Well, I'm saved. Life is good. I'm not going to spend eternity in hell. Life is good. God is good. I am good. Yeah, you're good for nothing. Jesus came, not that you would have eternal life, or, well, he came for eternal life, but it wasn't, it wasn't life after death, it was life before death. He came that you would have life in abundance, okay? Life in abundance. The way we think is that Jesus came for our eternal life. See, we're great at preaching the message of Jesus, just we don't do well preaching the message Jesus preached. And he preached the message of the kingdom. And he said, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And he's talking about abundant life. And, and see, salvation is easy. Abundance is going to take some work. Abundance is going to take some work. Because, and here's what the enemy does, is the enemy, the enemy tries to, to, to conform us, right? That's the first verse in Romans 12 where it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, and to be conformed is to be shaped into a specific image by an outward force. To be transformed is to be shaped into a specific image by an inward force. 
See, we, we got to get to the point where what, what's going on inside of us has more dominance than what's going on outside of us, right? Because what's going on outside of us, that makes us like the people of the world who don't have a, a, a revived spirit, who don't have a relationship with, with the creator of the universe, who don't have access to the insights, the wisdom, revelation, discernment, and understanding that's granted by heaven. So you don't, don't cheapen your salvation, I said, don't cheapen your salvation. Man, God's taking you someplace. He's going to do amazing things with your life. I said, he's going to do amazing things with your life. And, and the enemy, the enemy's trying to tell you what a loser you are. The enemy's trying to tell you, who remember all the mistakes you made. And the enemy's trying to get you to live from memory, from history, right? His, you got a history. How many, how many have a history? <laughs> yeah, you got a history. Yeah, let me tell you what's bigger than your history is the possibilities that God has ready for to birth into your situation. Don't be conformed, but be transformed. How? By changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. Yeah, but I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of God in Christ. I am an heir of God in Christ. Well, good, you got the title. Remember this, that it is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. It is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. Say it with me. It is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. Now say it loud. It is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. One more time loud. It is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. I'm hoping that you wake up in the middle of the night with that going through your head. I hope it drives you batty, which for some is a very short drive. I don't know why I'm looking at you, but it's a short drive. See, because need is something outside of you that has the potential to conform you. What you need, you, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning, oh man, I got to hurry. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? The heavens came first. The heavens, the invisible. The earth, the visible. All things that are seen came out of that which was unseen. Right? Okay? So God wants you, God wants you to operate on the earth the, the same way that heaven functions. And anything that is seen, the Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen, for the things which are seen are temporal, subject to change. So you have a need subject to change. Why? Because you can see it. You have a report from the doctor subject to change. You have a situation subject to change. Oh, come on, somebody. Man, the thing that's kept you awake all night, subject to change. God's word will not change. Mm -mm. See, and that need, that need. See, God's trying to help us understand how to deal with need. And, and the first thing is to understand that in the middle of my need, abundance is being developed. That when a need represents itself in my life, God is at work already producing abundance in my life. And what I have to do, remember, is stop. Don't do what you were thinking about doing. Make sure that you do what he's thinking about doing. 
right? And, and so, so you just stop. And, and remember the disciples, they wanted to send the people away. That's never God's plan. God, God, God ain't trying to send the people away. He's trying to meet the needs of the people. And he's going to use you to do it. I said he's going to use you to do it. I said he's going to use you to do it. He's going to use you to do it. He's going to use you to do it. God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. Life ain't over, brother. Buckle up. Hey, he's going to use you to do it. You hear me, bro? Do you hear me, bro? Man, I, man, I, I looked at you last night, and, I, and, and, and there's just something about you, and God's going to use you to meet the needs of people, and, and a lot of them don't like you. And, and you want to know what's going to be awesome is they still won't, but, but you're going to meet needs, right? He's gonna, you, God's got a plan for your life. I said he's got a plan for your life. So don't do what you were thinking. That's why you got to get in the Word of God so you can have the thoughts of God so you know exactly what he wants. What he wants. It ain't about what we want. It's about what he wants. Right? And, and, and oh my gosh. See, you, you, but you, have, you have to press in and get yourself in this place of abundance. This is the next step for you. Okay, you got saved? Awesome. Get baptized. If you haven't been baptized yet, first Wednesday's coming. And if when you got baptized, you were just pleasing your mama, first Wednesday's coming. And if you got baptized and you can't even remember it, first Wednesday's coming. And if you just started off fresh, and man, man, I screwed up last time, I'm going to start over. First Wednesday's coming. Get baptized. Amen? And what's the next step? Press into abundance. Press into abundance, but you're going to have to press. Well, if God wants me abundant, he'll make me abundant. See, you're thinking wrong. Look at this in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. It said, an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Good morning, child of God. But you don't differ at all from a slave. Have you ever wondered if I'm an heir of God in Christ? and then joint heir with Jesus, why can't I pay my bills? Could it be? It's because you're a child. No. That's not what it is in my life. It's, it's, it's not that I'm a child. It's that people are against me. You're thinking wrong. You're letting outward forces shape you into the image that they have for you. You're supposed to be being transformed by an inward force. As much as we want to help you, no one can discern the image that God has for you like you. See, God can speak to you. But you have to listen. See, as long as the heir is a child, he doesn't differ at all from a slave. Even though he's master of all, you, your daddy could have been a billionaire. And when he died, he left you a billion dollars that you're going to get when you turn 30. See, an heir is someone who has a predetermined blessing to be released at a specific time of maturity. It is a predetermined blessing to be released at a specific time of maturity. In the world, it's a date, it's an age. But with God, it's, it, it's, a, it's a place of maturity. Okay? It doesn't have anything to do with your age. It has to do with your, with your thoughts. Okay? And, and, and look at verse 2. He, he said, but, 
See, the, the, the heir is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. The, the heir, as long as he needs somebody on the outside to set the guardrails up for him so he doesn't run off the road. He needs somebody to build a fence around him so he doesn't hurt himself. He needs somebody that has enough character to tell him, don't do that. Don't do, no, you better do this now because he, he, because he can't do it himself. See, there was a time when we were raising the boys. The boys would come in and say, hey, hey, I, I, I want to go to this bonfire tonight. And Shelby and I would look at each other and go, <laughs> no. Why? Because we were setting boundaries that they weren't strong enough to set for themselves. It was just easier for them to tell their friends, mom said no. Than to say, no, I'm not going to that stupid bonfire. I know what you're going to do there and it's not going to be good. Hello? You know what? There were moments in our life that we had to be strong enough to say no when they weren't strong enough to say no for themselves. Yeah, let me talk to your parents for a minute because you think you know the way to raise your kid. Well, what is it that you know that's standing in the way of what you need to know that can take you where you need to go? The Bible's telling you, train up the child in the way they're supposed to go. Well, I'm going to let my child make those decisions. You're thinking about you and not your child. You want that kid to like you. And their future's at stake because they don't have what it takes. to. Man, this is a tough age to raise kids in. I'm looking at Tej and Paige. I'm preaching to them right now. They don't know it, though. And I'm looking at them and, you know, and all these people that are popping out babies, and I'm thinking, good Lord, 13 years from today, what's that going to look like? What's the pressure going to be then? Because, you know, we live in a society that says, well, the, you know, truth is relative. It depends on where you are. No, that, that's the teaching of the Sadducees. See, the Sadducees had this free-thinking mindset, and, man, you're just free to do whatever you want. And Jesus said to his disciples, don't you be like them. This is so hard to get through my stinking message. Don't, don't, don't you be like the people of this world. Don't you be like the, like the spineless people of this world who are going to let their kids make the hard choices because they don't want to. Listen, I had to, I had to be man enough that, that no matter, I didn't care how mad they got. Uh, why? Because they were, they were a child. And some of you guys are 53-year-old children. You still need somebody to encourage you to tithe? Don't worry about abundance. Don't, don't worry about the inheritance, the, the, the predetermined blessing that's to be released at a specific time because this ain't your time. Man, you, you, you got to get, you know what? You got to start the process. See, that's one of, the, one, one of the lessons that's in the feeding of the 5,000 that abundance comes in steps. See, we want abundance. We want abundance to come at the end of a three-minute prayer. But you don't have the character to sustain it. Man, you, you won't make the tough choices. That, that, that You won't control yourself. You, you, you need to hire somebody to follow you around. Make sure that you don't waste everything that God gives you. You all right? guys still love me? Hey, uh, look at John 6. Let's get here real quick. John 6. Jesus took the loaves. This is the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples. And then the disciples carried it to those who were sitting down. 
and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. I want, I want, you know, I want you to see that line, as much as they wanted. You know what? If you don't get an understanding of the character of God, it's going to be hard for you to let others have as much as they want while you're focused on what you want not being there. See, as much as they want, as much as they want, they're coming back for seconds. Send these people away. No, 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 no. Don't, don't send them away. Let's feed them. We can't. We can't afford that. How many times has God asked you to do something you couldn't afford? Man, it's almost a daily experience. You know, hey, I want you to do this. I wish I could. Because if I could, let me tell you something. If I could do that, then I'd already have what I need. Now you're thinking wrong. I said you're thinking wrong. See, because God wants you to take steps towards abundance. And abundance, abundance is being developed during your need. So you have to obey God in your need. Well, I'll obey God after he meets my need. He is meeting your need. And your step of obedience is going to cause you to collide with that provision. But if you won't take the step of obedience, you miss the collision. Look, as much as, the, everybody say that, as much as they wanted. Look at verse 12. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments so that nothing is lost. See, God's not into waste. So, so, so hey, gather up all these fragments, man. Pick them up. Look at 13. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets, fragments, five barley loaves, which were left over. Okay, now get this picture. Here's guys that want to send everybody away because they're concerned about their need. We don't have anything. Listen, these disciples came and they didn't bring anything for themselves or for Jesus. And so when they're seeing people with the need, they're like, what are we going to do about it? But, but, and I know what you're thinking, you know, that they didn't really have that much to do with this miraculous thing, that Jesus did it all. Really, who, who, who multiplied the fish and the bread? That was Jesus. Well, probably without Jesus, they couldn't do it because without him, you can't do anything. But with him, all things are possible, right? But let me just tell you something, that if you break it down and you take the 5,000 men plus women and children, let's just use a conservative number, 10,000 people, you break them into groups of 50, you got 200 groups of 50. You got 12 disciples, which means that they each have 815 people that they're each going to serve. If they can carry enough for 13 people in their hand, and it takes about two minutes to get from the people are over to where Jesus is, but it takes about five minutes to, to distribute the food because you got 13 people. So seven minutes per trip times 13 you know, 16.3 or whatever it is, it's going to take seven hours to feed them. That is called jack-in-the-box. <laughs> Where was the miracle? In the hands of the disciples. Listen to me. L listen to me. God is leading you to a place where a miracle is going to begin to flow out of your hand. But you can't be focused on your need. I said you cannot be focused on your need. Put that verse back up for me, that last one. They gathered them up and filled 12 baskets. 
Leftovers. Leftovers. Here's how you want to think. You want to think leftovers. Twelve men that came with nothing walked out with a basket full, more than enough. Just from the leftovers. When God gets done blessing through you, you're going to be blessed. Could you handle some leftovers today? I said, could you handle some leftovers today? Man, well, I want to be served first. You need to get saved. You, you need to change the way you think. Why? Because the first shall be last and the last shall be first. I'm certain that there were guys much like Fredo there. But I doubt that any one of the Fredos in the crowd ate a basket full. Yeah. The disciples walked away with more than enough. You're going to walk away with more than enough. I said you're going to walk away with more than enough, but, but, but let me tell you something. The first need to be met is not going to be yours. Because abundance is being developed in the midst of your need. And it is my response, come on, in the middle of my need, that releases abundance in my life. It is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. It is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. Say it. It is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. Say it really loud. It is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. And sometime you're going to find yourself with a very pressing personal need. And you need to look. Where can God use me right now? Where can God use me right now? The miracles, the miracles in your hand. The miracles in your hand. Some of you guys, your breakthroughs in your in your pocket. It's an act of obedience. It's going to cause you to collide with the very thing that you're desperate for. You know, in the kingdom. See, remember Jesus said, "Hey, seek first the kingdom." Seek first the kingdom. You, well, how do I know if I'm seeking the kingdom? For, how do I really know? Because we all say we're seeking the kingdom. Well, let me ask you this. What are you praying for? Because your prayer life determines what you're seeking. Are you praying about things? Then you're seeking things. Are you praying for the kingdom? Then you're seeking the kingdom. See, it, you can spend your time, effort, resource, energy seeking things, or you can seek the kingdom and things will seek you. But you have to change the way you think. You have to understand it. It's easy to sing, you know, you're faithful, you're faithful, you're faithful. Sometimes it's a little more difficult to live. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Another step of obedience. He's faithful. 
another step of obedience. He's faithful, 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 another step of obedience. He's faithful. And hey, leftovers are coming my way. He's faithful. Oh, come on, somebody. He's faithful. Don't forget, he's faithful. Come on, somebody, give him one more praise. Thank you, God. I want you, want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. We're all going to pray a prayer together. You're in this room today, and it's your response in the middle of your need. Let me tell you your greatest need. Jesus. And you, you, you got to get him in your life. you got to get him on the throne. you got, you, you got to surrender. We're all going to pray this prayer, and we won't call you out or have you stand. don't want to embarrass you. But if you're here today, now, I'm not asking you, have you ever prayed that what we might call the sinner's prayer? I'm asking you today, are you in a position where it's time to let God be God in your life? Get real with God so God can get real with you. It's time to say, okay, God, here's my life. I'm going to take a step of obedience. This is, my, this is my response in the midst of my need. And I need abundant life. I need abundant life today. So I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. It's going to get personal. It's going to get real, and it's going to happen right now. If that's you, well, nobody's looking around. I just want to agree with you in prayer. I just want you to hold your hand up really high. Thank you. 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 That's awesome. Thank you. You can put them down. Anybody else? Anybody else say, yeah, I know. I know this is my day. This is my moment. Just keep your head bowed for just a minute. This is my, mo this is my moment. Don't miss this moment. You, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to quit thinking that, that everything's cool where you're at because you know on the inside that it's, you're still empty. You know, you know that you're still doing life your way and it's time to surrender and do life God's way. You're sitting here and you're thinking about it. Come on, respond today. Just hold your hand. I'm just waiting on you. Just lift your hand real quick while nobody's looking. Say, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This is cool. Thank you. Okay, let's all pray. Everybody just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. And I'm starting now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, give God one more big praise.